0: This is a Better Product Spotlight episode focused on a new product launch of the Guide app. In this episode, we'll be digging into what it takes to launch a better product. Today, we're talking to Tim Salau, CEO and co-founder of Guide, a B2B learning and talent development SaaS app, helping remote teams and knowledge workers learn the skills they need to succeed on the job and in their careers. Tim, the self-anointed Mr. Future of Work himself, thank you for being on the show today.
1: Uh, thank you so much for having me, Christian. Really appreciate it, my friend.
0: So before we dive into what guide is, I feel like maybe starting with what your thoughts are on the future of work would be good because I feel like it's probably influenced guide quite a bit. So you do go by Mr. Future of Work. I'm looking at your bio on Zoom and it says, Tim, Mr. Future of Work allow. So tell me, why is this important to you?
1: The future of work is important to me because... I believe it's bringing about an opportunity for us to rethink why work matters and an opportunity for us to humanize work and have been an advocate and evangelist of what it should look like for the last five years now. And my belief and my, my core thesis is that the future of work is about us having more control over our careers versus being reactive. And, you know, one of the ways where that's coming to fruition right now is the shift to remote work. And allowing people to pursue independent work or spend more time with their families or find opportunities to create that sidekick or, you know, build that new property as a as a new income stream. You know, all of the changes that we're seeing right now is influencing potentially where the future of work is going. And with Guide, we're essentially building a, a platform that allows training and talent managers within organizations to train and onboard their people in this remote-first environment. Which is giving more people empowerment to control how they learn, and fundamentally the the future of work is how we're going to be living, working, and learning in new dimensions and you know we're we're grateful to be a part of that future
0: i I definitely hear what you're saying we we have definitely you see that a lot for you, what's behind this passion that you have for the future of work?
1: Well it comes from for me personally, a Nigerian immigrant came into the u s with my family. In 1999, uh, my dad barely had a dollar to his name. And, you know, when we first landed in the U.S., my parents looked at me as we were getting off the Delta Airline flight, and we landed in Houston, which was our Plymouth Rock, and it was super remember the day we landed and looked around me and realized, definitely not in Nigeria anymore. And my dad looks down on me and he says, the reason why we brought you here is so you can have access to a better education, you and your sisters. And that fundamentally has always been life changing for me, so eventually I went on to attend the University of Texas at Austin and Tech Tech University and gratefully worked with uh, amazing companies such as Google Microsoft, uh even with LinkedIn and Facebook in some capacity you know in my past careers and now I'm building the organization I've always wanted to work in and for me, my passion for the future of work really comes from growing up in a African family where my parents sacrificed everything for me to get a better education. Then working, you know, in corporate America after I got all of these amazing degrees to my name from Texas Tech University and U T Austin. Going into my first big boy corporate job with a great company such as Microsoft and then realizing I hate it. <laughs> like, you know, I I loved what I was doing. I was really talented. My teammates loved me, but I had a manager who I don't think he really cared about my career that much; he cared more about himself and the work he was doing, and I just didn't feel the love I didn't feel the culture that was often that you often kind of expect to feel in a team and not saying that was Microsoft's fault or anyone's fault for that matter, but I realized that we're still kind of living in a working world at large where people fundamentally believe work is a matter of work, work, work until you perform and eventually just die and retire. Versus how can we humanize work to be fulfilling now and position people to be in roles, teams, um, leadership positions, and in cultures that bring about their best selves and allow them to find more time to spend with family? You know, my belief is that the 80% of what makes our lives great, which is spending time with our family, focusing on those side projects, uh, contributing to our communities influences the 20 percent that is our working lives uh, no matter what your job is and my belief is that in realization and where my passion comes from for the future of work just realizing that the idealized nature in which we work now is actually not effective in fact it's super inefficient and we can do much more to make sure that everyone is in a position to do work that they love, and I do not believe that's idealistic at all. Especially with all the technology and all of the access, all of the opportunities um, in our disposal um, within America and in other nations as well. So, you know, I, I'm just a huge evangelist of, of where work is going, and fundamentally where the future of living is going, uh, where work and life will, I think, be intertwined. In my opinion,
0: I'm with you. I I, I have you know some similar stories. So if I, take, if I take the other tack now, what is the value to the employer in what you're saying? So the future of work, totally get it from your perspective, right? For the employer, what, what do they gain from what you're saying? What, is there a benefit to them?
1: Absolutely. When you think about an employer, if you are building a culture that allows people to focus more on their well-being versus their output, what you're actually going to get is much more engaged workers, and you're also going to get an engage in terms of productivity, however you measure that within an organization. But you're also going to get more workers who are leveraging their discretionary effort within your workplace. You know, a perfect example of this is what we're currently seeing right now, this shift to remote work, whereas a lot of organizations are noticing their people are working more <laughs> in a remote setting. Not working less, they're working more. And that's because, you know, some people have just, replicating the physical working environment virtually but also because some people are creating their own routines and in fact they're finding themselves to be much more productive because after they you know put the kids to bed or after they potentially wake up in the morning to get a cup of coffee they're crafting three to five hours doing their most creative work of their lives so you know remote work hasn't actually kind of killed in-office productivity. In fact, it's unleashed it for many organizations, and it's allowed workers to have more control over their time and how they work best. And I think that's a, a pure example of when you start giving people more autonomy and control over their time, employers will see increase in productivity, increase in hopefully team cohesion, and fundamentally focus on outcomes within their organizations.
0: I was actually thinking about myself personally as you're describing that because I, I love going into the office, but I've also had to work from home this year for for the most that I've ever had to in my life. And as you're talking, I'm realizing that yeah, I kind of got to sort of identify the moments where if I'm going to do more of the ideation, brainstorming type work, I could do that more when I'm fresh and ready. I've gotten to be kind of an early bird, and now that I work from home, I can actually get some of that work done when I'm fresher earlier and, and not do so much there. It almost seems like what you're saying is that the benefit of the employers is that now with a focus on employees and their happiness and the way they work, like you said, they're unlocking productivity, but there's almost like everybody's getting to be the best versions of themselves rather than the version that says, you've got to be there nine to five at the office in this type of environment and do this type of work. You've actually decoupled that and let people, do things the way that they want to do it on their own schedule, still for the company, but in their own kind of way.
1: A hundred percent, a hundred percent, and that's the shift we're seeing. And it's really exciting to me, man, to be see, having us witness it. And you know, I, you know, I continue to be an advocate for this future. And more importantly, we're building a type of culture that is focused on our our people's well being within Guide.
0: So let's talk about that. Let's. I want to. Th- this has been great backdrop. So. Guide, tell us what Guide is and how it started and where you're at today.
1: So we're still pretty much a small team. And Guide is essentially a bite-sized video training platform for remote teams. Organizations can use Guide to onboard and train their employees. And they can also use it for sales enablement, product team enablement, and really kind of equipping anyone within your organization with a Guide to helping them learn you know, that new value proposition or that new clunky internal tool that no one knows how to use, but the engineer within the first 90 days has to understand it. And our core value proposition uh, in the market is that we're focused on bite-sized video content, um, which is 90 seconds or less. And organizations allow their people to train each other. So instead of us trying to train your people or act as if we know how to do that best, By creating all these kinds of videos, we've created an end-to-end software platform that has a camera, that has a intuitive social learning experience where your people can create the content, train each other, and engage in that shared learning together and form learning communities within your organization. And at the same time using video to make it more fun, make the content more digestible and fundamentally unlock the authenticity in an organization's culture and for us, we've been on this journey for a year and eight months. And believe it or not, Christian, before COVID-19, we were actually a life skills training app for high school students. But once we pivoted it due to COVID-19, we realized our market expanded because of the shift to remote work. And the way we were building the platform and the product was very similar to, you know, where the future of remote work was going and the future of work was going. And we were like, let's bring this product into the enterprise. And ever since we made that decision and and decided on that direction for our company, Christian, you know, the world's just opened up to us, man. You know, we get people signing up for our wait list left and right. And now we've launched, uh, we have a few early adopters on the platform and we're currently building out, you know, fundamental areas of the, of the core business tier in the product.
0: Wow. That's a huge shift. I don't think I've ever had anybody on the podcast that, that pivoted from High school students to the enterprise, so I gotta, I gotta hear how, how that was. That what was the <laughs> biggest thing you had to adjust in the product to make that shift? You want to know what's so funny,
1: Christian? We actually didn't adjust too much in the product. In fact, we just had to build a web app component. Given that it's enterprise and a lot of people in the business and enterprise setting, they're often you know using some sort of web application to do their work because they're they're stuck to their desktop from <laughs> eight to three or nine to five but we we still kind of kept the core components of what the user experience would be. But we had to change the positioning of the company and the business from engaging parents and educators to engaging training and talent managers, or CHROs and chief people officers, given that's who we're selling to, and realizing that we actually are building a platform company. We're not just building an app, we're building a platform business, and, you know, when you're building a platform business, you have to think differently because, you know, one of the things that's really unique about Guide is that it's not just a one-sided marketplace or a two-sided marketplace. It's a three-sided marketplace, content marketplace. So, you know, we're building a really, really tough product um, that caters to a lot of different ends in terms of their user experience and the product. And we had to kind of build upon what we were already building and bring it and, and kind of just like build upon the foundations of it. So creating the web app, we're still working on the mobile app, which we'll be launching soon, and then targeting key customers in the enterprise as the, the the key customers that would be good for our platform. And the thing about, you know, business now is that 90 to 100% of companies are remote first. So our market is just big, <laughs> like there's no no doubt about it. So it was an interesting shift, Christian, but we didn't change too much, but our positioning and, you know, we still kept our why intact.
0: Yeah, and I, I can I can definitely see that. So I want to make sure I understand. You said it's sort of like three sided marketplace. So if I if I have this right, it would be the users, the people who are like there, the learners, like watch the the videos, the the creators who make the videos, and then the third is it the the sort of business side that the learners would work for? Is that is that right? One
1: hundred percent. And also on the business side, the learners, learners and creators. So um, the creators within organizations. So the teammates, um, the product manager the Senior Director of Training and Talent Management, they would be able to create content and learn as well. So we're kind of hitting businesses with a double value proposition in terms of having our own creator community who are creating bite-sized guide content, but then allowing businesses to form their own creators within their organization who are creating content and also um, learning from each other as well.
0: I always tell, tell people if you do a marketplace, it's kind of like double the effort because you have two sides. but Sounds like you kind of went triple the effort.
1: <laughs> exactly, we're going big, big man.
0: The thing that sticks out to me a lot on your homepage, and even so far in this interview, is the, your use of the word team. And it feels like one of the shifts that that the work is taking is really thinking about people in terms of teams rather than just individuals. I'm curious for you. Is is that sense that I'm getting? Is that is that real? Are you sensing that this is you know something that's really useful for teams and and people collaborating together as teams? Oh my goodness, Christian, hundred ten
1: percent, man. And the vocabulary of team was very very focused in in terms of why we used it on our website. And that's because we we're a team based product first. And there's an interesting market for those types of products. For example, Pelasian is one of the greatest team based collaboration tools. You've probably used it before in terms of using their Kanban board, Trello, Jira, or any of their product management lifecycle offerings. And the thing is is that we realize that with this shift to remote work, team based work is gonna be the norm. Really trying to wrangle teams together, whether it be they're decentralized or in the same location. And you know, in the marketplace, there's actually not a team based learning platform if you actually really evaluate it you know there's linkedin learning but it feels very um, monolithic it's it's very singular right like you just have a bunch of people learning individually but with God, it's really unique because we actually have this opportunity to a lot team based learning co-learning peer based learning and really make it fun and also offer data and insights on how that looks within organizations so we we really realize that you know what like we're a team based company and even in how we're building our culture We're ensuring we reflect that this shift to team-based work as well. And it's not even a shift because it's been around for for years, but you're going to see much more organizations that thrive because they realize, well, the best work and the best growth, even learning happens in teams. It's not a solo effort. You want everyone to be educated and trained effectively because once you have everyone aligned and synergized like that, you'll have a much better output as an organization and create much better outcomes as an organization as well.
0: Yeah, that's great. The, I mean, I I can totally see that. I can see that as as you build teams, you know, understanding and learning skills is it seems so much more important because you've got to almost complement each other rather than just say that, you know, my 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 background is I I've led design teams. And when I think about it, as from a team perspective, you don't have to say every single designer needs to be able to do these five things. You might have one designer who excels at one thing and is weak in one area so you complement that that with a teammate that that does that it seems like your your platform really seems to capture that and and facilitates that a little bit my question for you uh, with everything that you've been through this year you've covered the shift um that you've gone from high school to enterprise but now thinking of 2021 still felt like it's never going to happen we're just trying to get out of this year but for, you, for, for your roadmap, for your sales sales and marketing, what, what are you looking forward to? What are the types of things that you're doing?
1: So we're really excited. We're hoping 2021 is our year because we're going to start onboarding a few more of our business customers who are in our wait list. But one of the things that we're really excited about is one, you know, going to market with business customers, but really actually seeing fundamentally once we go public, How the market reacts to the product because we've been in private beta for a few months now. We've achieved consumer parity, but we're also still at the same time ready to expand and see, you know, what's going to be the public perception of Guide. And the fact is, we're building a self-service learning platform. And I think we're really at this interesting point where 2020 was a year of that worked in our favor as a business. COVID 19 actually helped our business, and (laughs) I try not to say that too much because. A lot of businesses shut down due to COVID, but for us, it helped our business. And then our market is only growing as these lockdowns continue in the U S and other, other places. And as more organizations realize they have to shift to embracing the remote first world. So we're really, I'm really interested in terms of just to, to seeing how our market reacts when we go to go public, but also in terms of the product enhancements we have lined up, you know, we're building a creator community as well. Um, We're not only a team-based product, but we're also very focused on creators. We believe every organization has creators. Some of them are called designers. Some of them are called product managers. And some of them are even called QA analysts, right? <laughs> and, uh, and senior directors of training and talent management. And we're really focused on making sure that people get that we believe everyone is a creator, not just a few people within the organization who do all the documentation, but every single person. And, you know, I'm really focused on you know, ensuring that we build a creative community within Guide who, who are part of our creative community, who who can actually monetize on our platform, which is an element of our of our marketplace and our roadmap. And that we really are, are, are driving that value proposition to enterprises as well and helping them realize that we want you to treat everyone that uses Guide in your workforce as a creator, not just to select you, but everyone has an opportunity to create video content and train each other and, you know, that's, that's going to be one of the biggest things um, for me to see um, as the founder is, are we actually, you know, driving this core value proposition to the market? And do people believe in it, the, the movement in the, from a business standpoint?
0: So I have the one final question, a little bit different than that, but still the future for, for Guide. So think about five years from now, you think about the impact that, that Guide has had on work. What does that future of work look like to you if Guide is successful?
1: Man, that's so powerful, man. You know, my hope is that it makes work human, Christian, makes work more, much more human. And that's because I think that we need much more humanity and authenticity in work. And, you know, if you, I know you mentioned that you were just checking out our website. You know, if you look at our website, you know, we're trying to create a, a culture within God that's completely counterculture to how the traditional uh, work environment is. And even with our product, a video based learning platform focused on bite sized video content. You know, the way we've been pitching investors is that if Masterclass and TikTok had a B2B baby, it would be Guide. <laughs> and there's something authentic and human about what we're building that's unique to the marketplace. And we believe that five years and in 10 years' time, we will be doing our jobs. If I can go into the workplace using Guide and I could tell those people aren't afraid to be authentic selves and that they're learning together and there's community within their place of work. And it's maybe because just a little bit of the, the, the of our product and the joy that we bring to the world in building what we're building.
0: Thanks for listening to the show this week. If you're looking for more resources on how to design, build, market, and sell better products, then head over to betterproduct.community to join, well, the community. And as always, we're curious, what does better product mean to you? Shoot us an email at podcasts at innovatemap.com.